It is Orange Friday. <laughs> and you hear laughter in the background. What is the role of the CIO? It's a big question, and we hear a lot of discussion about this question. Well, today on episode number 271 of CXO Talk, we are talking with two genuine CIO innovators, two people I respect a lot, and we're going to explore this topic of how should we think about innovation, the role of the CIO in 2018. This is cutting edge, state-of-the-art stuff. I'm Michael Krigsman. I'm an industry analyst and the host of CXO Talk. I want to say a quick thank you, but a heartfelt thank you to Livestream because they have been supporting us for the last two years and they're great. They supply our video infrastructure. And if you go to livestream.com slash CXO Talk, they'll even give you a discount on their plans. Without further ado, oh, oh, wait, wait, I, I, I forgot. There's a tweet chat that's going on right now using the hashtag CXO Talk. So please join in. You can ask questions, share your comments. And the other thing is, please tell a friend, like us on Facebook, tell a friend, because that will help us a lot, if you would. So now, without further ado, I want to introduce Yusuf Khan. He is CIO number one. Yusuf Khan, who is the CIO of Pure Storage. Hey, Yusuf, how are you? Hey, Michael. I'm very good indeed, thank you. Love the glasses. Tell us about, tell us about Pure Storage. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me here. Um, really honored to, to be here with Diana. Um, Di uh, Pure Storage is a company we've been around for coming up to about eight years now. We are a leading uh, provider of a data platform for the cloud era uh, and been a very, very exciting ride for me uh, as the company's first CIO um, and really, really looking forward to being able to collaborate with other CIOs and, and seeing the company rise uh, in the industry as well. And just and uh, Yusuf, you run a, a CIO group that's really interesting. And maybe uh, briefly tell us about that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, when I joined, uh, this is, uh, it's been a very interesting ride for me as, a, as, as probably the, the third time I've done a, uh, a, a job where I'm the first CIO for a company and helping to organize, you know, hardworking IT teams. Um, and so when I took the role on, a large part of it was being able to, to meet with like-minded peers. Um, and so one of the things to be able to do that is as much as I enjoy going to CIO events from time to time, uh, actually being able to uh, probably have a more productive conversation, sometimes uh, delving into what I term as group therapy uh, happens. Uh, and so when it, CIOs get together and so, you know, I've been organizing uh, CIO gatherings informally, uh, mainly over dinner because everybody, everybody needs to eat. Um, but also because we're able to get into a, a mode where we're able to build a little bit more camaraderie and, and get together and talk about, about the industry. Okay, and our second CIO is Diana McKenzie, who is the CIO of Workday. Hey, Diana, this is your second time on CXO Talk, and welcome back. Thank you, Michael. I'm happy to be here, and Happy New Year to you and everyone on the, on the call. Diana, I, th I think everybody knows the Workday name, but, but tell us about Workday. Sure. So, so Workday is a software company. We were founded to put people at the center of uh, cloud-based financial and human resource software. We have um, over 1,900 customers that range from um, medium size to Fortune 50 customers with over 
um, 26 million workers um, on contract. And uh, last year we achieved a 95, or excuse me, 98% customer satisfaction rate for um, our software platform. And we also achieved 18, uh, 18th position ranking in the Fortune 100 best places to work, which is why it's such a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure for me that you're both here. And Yusuf, maybe I'll direct the first question to you. So we, this, this show is about CIO innovation, and, and what do we actually mean by that? Well, I think it, it, you know, where we are right now, the level of innovation that's been surrounding our companies and our industries at large, um, I think for CIOs, it is a real opportunity to question the assumptions, uh, which have been kind of traditionally helped build IT organizations. Um, and I think really innovation is centered around the fact that you're able to not only question those assumptions, but be able to think much more broadly about uh, not only about what the business needs are, where you're able to accelerate and deliver good solutions for business to operate, but how to basically really aid the effort for to really change the customer experience, to be able to give much deeper insights. Uh, so I think, and I think that opportunity right now really exists, um, and that's what I've basically sort of typically seen. Um, and so I think CIOs really want to have the opportunity right now to really think in innovative terms because we're in an ecosystem that allows us to actually both experiment and, uh, and, and be thoughtful about what solutions we want to be able to deliver to our businesses. Yeah, Yusuf, I'd, I'd build on that. Mm. I think you and I are both fortunate in that we work for companies where other CIOs are our customers. Yeah. And so we're, we're put in a position where not only do we have to think about how we help our customers and our peers innovate, yeah. but it also requires us to be within our companies um, right at the heart of the innovation of the products that we're developing. Yeah. And, and I, I have to compliment you on the group that you formed. I was new to the Bay Area when I um, took this position at Workday two years ago. And again, first CIO position Workday had and uh, had an opportunity to meet Yusuf at one of these dinners and, and just found him to be an incredible uh, coach, mentor, confidant, um, and the, the, the group of leaders that we have the privilege to, to get together and, and meet with on a monthly basis has developed a real chemistry because we are all in the Bay Area and we are all mostly working for technology companies and it's, it's just been a really great experience. So thank you for that. Well, you know, uh, thank you for being such a good, I wouldn't call it a member, but uh, a friend uh, more than anything else. And I think, it, you know, just to kind of go a little bit more onto that, it, I think one thing we've basically found is, and I don't know whether you would agree or not, but, you know, if you're part of the CIO of a technology company, um, it's actually a good place to be to be able to actually be able to work with a number of your business partners um, and represent in a customer viewpoint um, if fundamentally you'll basically find that the CIO is that end customer. Right. And so I, I really found the opportunity that um, innovation is as much about being able to aid your business partners about how you basically view the product, which is something that I basically do. But also I think you've really excelled uh, by building out what, what I consider a wow team, both figuratively and literally from an acronym standpoint by you know demonstrating the use of Workday within Workday. Um, and that's something, a model example that a number of our CI, you know, CIOs in, uh, that I follow actually inspired me to do. Um, I have a great job because I don't have any storage issues, so that basically <laughs> is my effort. Um, uh, but I think that's been a real model example. I think if you're a CIO of a technology company, um, that really is a real opportunity for you to be able to test the bounds because it's kind of expected to a certain extent um, and share those with CIOs, yeah. But I have a question. Uh, so, so you mentioned uh, customer experience. 
And maybe you can explore that. So what does customer experience have to do with being a CIO and how important is that actually? So, so I'll just, I'll pick yeah, up on the innovation agenda and then I'll pick up Michael on um, how you started the, the talk today, which is the, the priority focus for us in 2018. Mm. You know, it, it may be a little, um, a little old, but this notion that every company is becoming a software company is one that I think continues to be very powerful. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you are the CIO of a technology company or you're the CIO of any company that makes any sort of product or service. Um, the the consumer perspective is changing fairly dramatically mm -hmm. to expect so much more from the, the the people that provide them their products and services and those products and services are expected to be more personalized for our consumers yeah. um, and that in turn means that as CIOs within our business understanding what that consumer is expecting from us and from our product yeah. becomes a, a critical area of focus for us, um, it was in 2017, but more so in 2018. Yeah. We also find another priority being the um, the importance of talent in yeah. our organizations and the the war for talent that's actually going on out there. Yeah. And the more we can engage our employees um, in the workplace and make them feel like they can come to work and or work from home and, and, and accomplish what they need to accomplish in a very seamless way, that's a, an area CIO can have a, a major impact on. We were just talking about some of these earlier this week. Yeah, I, I think the really important to think about is, you know, we're, we're living in an experience economy. Um, and I think that's really because customer experience um, and satisfaction is kind of unforgiving to a large extent, right? And I think, uh, and that applies for technology companies like ourselves. And you know, we pride ourselves by having a very, very uh, industry-leading NPS score. You yourselves have also done like tremendously well from that space. But, and that's really because, um, you know, because there's so much innovation out there. Because these industries are really basically being uh, kind of disrupted, and there's more innovation happening in terms of just product innovation you've got to be able to sort of work with companies and that's where kind of the CIO gets involved and say, how do we improve the customer experience by making it easy to be able to do business with either via channel partners or being able to provide a much better support experience? How do we make sure that the transaction uh, and being able to conduct that business becomes easier because it's kind of the entire customer journey. So I think you know the role of the CIO has really evolved over time where you have to be much more attuned to understanding what the customer experience is from start to finish, even before they become a customer. Like, you know, how do we make sure that our messaging is being delivered and how we're taking digital insights and data that we're seeing uh, in, in from analytics from our website and from our social media streams to be able to actually put that together and say, how should we be designing marketing campaigns which are working and not? And so I think that's just an exciting era in terms of what we've be basically been seeing to date. Uh, and the CIO is kind of at the front and center of that by partnering with the other, other functions to be able to help deliver that experience. And, and well, and I'm going to build on the fact that you're my customer. Sure. Um, and a very happy um, one. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> very happy about <laughs> yes. that. And 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 back to your your um, recognition of the Workday on Workday team, which yeah. we call the Wow team. So you know that team gives us the opportunity within Workday to work very closely with our leaders in the company and also with our product team to make sure that the product we're building and delivering to our customers first of all, works for us, gives us an opportunity to go first and learn and, and uh, be very involved in the product development process in terms of making the product better. Mm -hmm. 
But then I have the opportunity to spend time with uh, my colleagues and my customers, such as Yusuf and a number of others, and and we talk about the not only how are the products performing today, but how the products could be performing, and mm. we can bring that feedback back into the system. And not only that, but you gave us some really great feedback about how we can help um, CIOs have better conversations with their CHROs and their yeah. CFOs um, as they think about advancing their strategies digitally. So I think it's a it's a very nice synergy that that we found in that space. Yeah, I've sort of found that if you're the CIO for a technology company, that you know you are basically a, a model customer and have that opportunity. And so that's one of the things that we did when we were looking to basically build our data infrastructure internally to provide kind of analytics and machine learning, which is what we've been able to do. A large part of that is basically because we were able to test out our product. Uh, internally and be able to actually work with our engineering product team to say, hey, look, this is the use cases that I hear from like-minded peers, you know, like Diane and otherwise, which this is the, what they need from an, like an analytics stack. This is what we need to be able to design our product for. And, and I think that's just aided that effort. So being able to just collaborate from that function is just, it's been phenomenal. So. So, so how does a CIO make that leap from focusing on the internal infrastructure operations of an organization to being a, a, a almost a customer experience coach for other parts of the business. How do you make that transition? CIOs have to be thoughtful about how they make that transition. It starts with uh, where, where we've spent some of the time here, uh, understanding the paying customer um, and understanding the business you're in um, because that that's table stakes for a CIO. The second piece of that though is there are aspects of what the CIO is expected to deliver that are that are all about being brilliant at the basics. And if the CIO isn't delivering on the basics, mm. just as if the CFO wasn't closing the books and the CHRO wasn't paying employees, yeah. um, the CIO is going to have a very hard time stepping into that space to influence the company around how to better interact with customers. So it's a combination of knowing the business, of delivering on the basics, and developing very powerful relationships, both internally and externally, to continue to you know, broaden that perspective and be in a position to introduce new ideas that can influence and shape the direction a company's going. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, I think there's two key points. I think you, you put out a, a blog post about last, last year, which you talked about kind of doing the basics. And a lot of us kind of followed that because I think it's really important to know that um, the foundation of where the company is built and how it operates in a seamless fashion is important. I mean, you have to be thoughtful about making sure that that is functioning in the way that it's, it's supporting the business's growth. But I think the second piece is knowing the, the context of your customer uh, and the business and, and the partnerships that you basically build. I think it's a really good vantage point for the CIO because kind of technology is, is cutting across every single aspect of the business. And so you're at this vantage point to be able to uh, really be able to be thoughtful and helpful. But I think there's a bigger piece about um, how CIOs move into this. And, and I'm not, uh, you know, they probably need to view more CXO talk uh, sessions. I will say that. Uh, I agree. Just, I, 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 Start I there. That. Start but, there. You know, it, there's a serious point in, in that, you know, actually we have to be intellectually curious because there's a lot of opportunity to get confused. There's also a lot of opportunity to try and do take on too much and trying to be uh, having rigor and focus about what you can actually deliver, uh, but doing the research around it. And that is by looking at things like CXO Talk and, of course, working with a number of your research analyst firms uh, to be able to help define your strategy. I think that's a big part of how CIOs 
uh, are making decisions right now for them to be able to build an inv innovation strategy. It is, you know, it is, it is a combination of peer conversations. Mm -hmm. It's about basically being able to look what's happening in the external world and bring that in. And I think that's really important. I think we're very lucky because we are in the Bay and we're at the heart of that. But at the same time, you know, uh, the, the parallels are there across the board. So. I agree. So, so let me play devil's advocate for a second, if I might. So now you're, you're saying that the CIO must really learn the business. And of course, that's true. But the CIO, or let me ask as a question, can the CIO ever gain the level of familiarity, knowledge of the business that people in those functional departments possess? And if the CIO doesn't have that level of understanding, then is there kind of an inevitable slide back to just focusing on infrastructure oper and operations because you, you don't have that equivalent knowledge as people in the functional areas? So it's a leading question, but Please. I think I think they have to be they have to have a strong appreciation uh, for kind of the work that happens in a number of these uh, in a number of the functions, and I think that's the the critical piece that um, it it lays. You have to have a foundation of kind of being curious and intellectually curious. Number one, but I think the other piece is in order for you to deliver a solution to your business partners in your different functions, whether that's finance or whether that's HR um, or operations or sales or go to marketing, it's about basically understanding what their needs are um, and then translating those needs into a solution which, can, which, can do, which you can help, uh, you know, help accelerate their efforts. And a large part of that really comes from aligning and understanding. And I think the opportunity of the CIO really is the fact that they don't have a frame of reference from that standpoint. You know, they are not deep into those specific functions. So they're coming in from a very agnostic viewpoint to say, what is the best way I can help to alleviate this effort and get them away from, you know, you know, and giving them, you know, hey, they need better decision making. Well, we need to be able to retool and deliver better analytics and BI and make that faster and do it in real time. Uh, oh, you know, they need to have deeper integration with a number of their applications. Uh, and so I think I'm hearing a lot about how you were able to help build a better data strategy for uh, uh, for our internal business uh, customers, I would basically call it. Um, and so I think that's why CIOs really just need to be aligned and have probably appreciation without having to become a subject matter expert. So. And I, I agree with you. I, I would I would build on that as well, and and say when when you think about the the three asset stewards in the company, yeah. you have the the head of HR who is the the steward of human resources, and um, you have the the CFO who is the steward of the financial assets, and the CIO ultimately is the steward of the information assets. Mm. I and mean, everyone owns those information assets, but it really is up to the CIO and that and the and the CIO team to be working across the business to make sure the information is flowing freely. So there's an important there's an important piece of of those three working very well together. Yeah. It just happens to be where our product is focused, right. but um, that exists in every CIO space. I think the other thing to to build on what Yusuf was saying is, while while you can't necessarily be an expert in all of those different business areas, there are scarcely few other functions in the company that touch every single employee in the company and every single business process in the company. So by being right there in the center of the business process, understanding what's working and what's not working, where the white space is between those processes, the CIOs and the organizations have a unique position to influence how the company can operate better. Yeah. Um, so, so from that perspective, 
I think it's the CIO's game to lose if ultimately they end up being responsible only for the infrastructure and plumbing. It's, yeah. it's really hard to not be successful if that other those other aspects of the role are, are right there for the team. And I think it be, it's a very slippery slope, yeah. especially in this day and age where you have the ability with, uh, you know, leading SaaS products like, like Workday um, to be able to actually be able to pr provide agility to the business. Um, and if you lose that opportunity, then yes, you're really going to go back into deep operational mode, which again is valued and required, but it's not going to be able to aid the company to be much more innovative. Right. It's really interesting, uh, the point that you make that, the, that Diana just, just made, that the CIO is one of the few roles in the company that touches every part of the company. And so that does give you this, this unique kind of outside-in perspective where you're, where you're kind of aggregating the knowledge and the insight of what's going on. So the question then becomes, building on what Yusuf just said, how can the CIO take advantage of this unique vantage point to provide the highest value possible to the organization? I was going to say, I think the, the real opportunity for the CIO is to be able to translate kind of business goals and to be able to figure out uh, and really translate those into innovative solutions that they can basically aid the effort, right? I think with that vantage point in mind, without without having with having depth of some of the issues in a number of those functions, uh, having the availability of innovation uh, outside the company as well as innovative thinking inside the company. I mean, the the the, the CIO is really the the not just the guardian, but kind of the steward of being able to bring all of that together. That's the real opportunity for the CIO to be able to make that impact into the business, from at least from my standpoint. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't change a thing he just said. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. <laughs> so then, can you can you kind of put your finger on or define what is that highest possible value, the the best possible role that the CIO can play under optimal circumstances? One thing I would basically say is, I think if they're able to connect the data and make it faster within the company, just as a general high-level perspective, be able to you know, provide, uh, provide, I think is one fundamental goal uh, that you know, the CIO can basically focus on is to be able to really aid the business make better decisions. And that really centers on the fact that you know, I, I really think that companies have, have, are suffering from what I term as kind of data debt. There's a lot of data being generated into these businesses mm -hmm. right now and making sense of it. But I think the, the overarching goal is not only are you able to figure out where the problems are, be able to aid each of those functions to be able to make better decisions by being able to, and that's not like a, it's about partnering up with them to be able to say, what how do you make a better decision? Let me provide you with the right infrastructure. Let me provide you with the right solutions and software uh, to do that. And then let's see what those results are. Because I think that's kind of what those functions are. So I think it centers on the data and, and how you can uh, help to provide, um, how, how you can provide that um, and accelerate that effort in, in businesses from my standpoint. I, I agree. I agree with your points on the data. I, I also, um, and, and I've often talked to my teams about this in the past, think the role of the CIO can be um, almost analogous to your, your, your personal financial broker, right, stockbroker, which is we often, we often receive questions from our business partners who will say, 
you know, we've got all of this opportunity, all this demand for technology spend and technology investment. Mm. Um, we all know we'd like to do more than we can possibly afford as a company. Yeah. And so the challenge is how do, we, how do we make decisions about where we want to invest our resources? And if we think about that as, as a CIO, we now take a step back and, and look at all of the places we could possibly make those investments. And we can decide from a portfolio point of view, what percentage of our investment do we uh, want to direct towards driving incremental revenue? And how heavy do we want to weight that in the overall prioritization? What percent of the investment is about scale? Or depending on where your company is in its life cycle, possibly driving efficiencies and, and cost reduction. Yeah. What percent of your portfolio is all around the employee engagement experience or just maintaining the base of operations? Yeah. And oftentimes what I find is the request is, you know, come in as the CIO and help us make sense of all of these opportunities we have for investment, some of which require trying out innovative new technologies, pushing the digital strategy of the company. Others are just about making the company run better. And if we can shed some light on how to make those decisions and help yeah. to manage that process, it requires us to be really good listeners. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and to make sure you know, we're bringing everybody together in a transparent way, I think there's a, a really important role CIOs can play there. All right. We, I want to remind everybody that you are watching CXO Talk. This is Orange Friday. Now, why is it Orange Friday? Because both of our guests, their company logos are orange. And so, of course, how could it not be Orange Friday? I'm speaking on episode number 271 of CXO Talk with Diana McKenzie, who is the Chief Information Officer of Workday, and also Yusuf Khan, who is the Chief Information Officer of pure storage. And right now there's a tweet chat going on using the hashtag CXO talk. And please jump in with your questions. And I have, we have a question from Zachary Jeans. He says, uh, as a CIO, how do you create a culture that avoids politics and infighting, but rather builds a positive and innovative culture and experience? So how do you, how do you create a positive culture rather than one that is political and has infighting, which as we all know, happens in almost every organization all the time. So how do you fight that and do it well? I would probably boil down to having a, having a culture of transparency. I think, uh, I fundamentally believe that that aids uh, the ability for uh, organizations to just function better because they would, more, I mean, again, you can't get 100% uh, transparency in, in some cases, you know, but I think if you have that as a foundation uh, in your culture, uh, that definitely aids the effort for people to get aligned um, and also for them to be able to know that they are, um, that they're valued and they're, and they're being listened to, but also being able to understand where, where things are going and taking the mystery uh, out of things and, and avoiding politics. And I think the second thing is you just got to be very, very collaborative. Um, you know, I, I pride ourselves in the fact that I think both of our companies are companies which are admired for for culture. Uh, I know that that's one of the main reasons I joined Pure Storage because of uh, because of the culture of the organization. And it is very collaborative. Uh, it is very transparent, and it's one that you know you have a deep sense of ownership uh, that you want to be able to protect. So I, I think. I think those are sort of fundamentals uh, that we basically have in our culture, and I, I think they've worked really, really well. 
I, I agree. I think transparency. I think collaboration. I also think being clear on the mission. Um, when when we can help a team understand that we're all aligned towards delivering an outcome, and everyone can see themselves in delivering the outcome, and we can set a team up to understand um, how how each individual unit plays a role in delivering that outcome. So in IT, we call that end-to-end -end service delivery. Yep. But in reality, if we, if we structure our teams such that they each understand what they're consuming from another group and what other groups are consuming from them, and that's measurable, yep. then it makes it easy for us to transparently you know, talk about how we're doing and what we can do to improve. I think the reality is politics exist in every environment because we are human beings. And um, and because of that, there's never going to be an opportunity to get, get away from politics. What, what we have to do within IT, um, to, you know, to be effective is we have to be really good at listening and we have to be really good at storytelling. Yeah. Because we are in the business of change. Um, and anytime we touch any system, any technology, again, any yeah. person in the company, we're sort of messing with their world. Yeah. Um, and so for us to be able to do that in a way where we can explain the why, yeah. um, the change is happening, uh, that that to some extent can help get away from the, the, the negative uh, ramifications, if you will, of what might be perceived as politics. Yeah. I think it's, and honestly, I think a large part of it, definitely in, in the CI organization, you've got to be able to really empower your leadership team uh, to be able to have the conversations, and and I think that's that's you know it's not really focused on enough, but I think it's actually uh, really really important that you're able to basically build a team um, that uh, aligns with the culture, right, and is able to basically represent it and drive it further down into the organization, um, and that really requires a combination of of both training, but also basically you know as you like to say tone at the top, yeah. right. And I've I've heard that uh, you mentioned that about. Uh, the leadership and the executive team at, uh, at Workday, and that's something that you know I think is really important that a CIO should take that and say, what set, what signal are you sending to members in your organization uh, of the type of leader that you are uh, and the type of organization that you want to be able to build, and that will it will be about the tone that tone that you set at the top. Absolutely. I think. Now, one of the things that you that 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 you just mentioned was communication. And maybe talk about that, the role of uh, storytelling was, I think, the term one of, one of you just used. Story, so why, 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 why storytelling? Why, yeah, so Simon Sinek, uh, um, you know, getting to why, yeah. starting with why. Uh, it's you know one of the one of the challenges uh, we battle, and you know I, I don't know if every functional leader battles this, but within within IT specifically, historically, the equation would say, I delivered X, right? I delivered project X mm -hmm. because I wanted to do whatever outcome Y. Yeah. And and a big part of that is let's let's flip the equation. Yeah. Let's say in order to deliver outcome Y, we did project X. And by just working with the with the team to help them flip the equation yeah. and think about the outcome first, it drives a completely different level of engagement, conversation, yeah. listening, collaboration to ensure that whatever's happening on the other side, as cool and sexy as it might be technologically, yeah. is actually going to deliver the outcome you know, our business partners are looking to see. So starting with the why, I think, is an important important aspect of communication. And look, I think the other th thing is communication skills are definitely going to, uh, are, they are much more heavily focused on in, in a hiring environment, uh, definitely of the last couple of years. And that's, it's something which, you know, I look for 
uh, when we when we look, when we look to hire. But I think the aspect of storytelling is important because, you know, as a CIO, as you're delivering solutions, a large part of it is solving problems. And so one of the other aspects of the culture really is about empathy, right? It's about being able to be empathetic about uh, kind of people's struggles or uh, problems that people are having within the actual organization as they grow. And that happens from a process and a technology standpoint about, you know, a, a collaborative aspect to it. So being able to tell the story uh, and, and being able to bring people around, I think that's the important piece is we just live in such a, more, a much more collaborative environment that being able to have, uh, I would say, you know, improving your communication skills and being able to have storytelling at, at the heart of it gets much more emotive uh, and allows people to be able to connect better rather than basically looking at it in a very programmatic, systematic viewpoint, right? Um, and it's always difficult because, you know, you're a CIO and you're talking about sort of technology and software and solutions. But I think it's about the impact and that's the real story. Yeah. And being able to tell that story gets people excited because they see things which are being automated, being able to make better decisions, improving customer experience. And relaying that back, I think that's where, where people get excited. So I think that's where storytelling and, and kind of getting the communication skills right is really important. Can I, can I pull on the empathy thread for just a second totally. here? So that, Absolutely. There's also this element um, where, where we get to work with really, really smart people. Far smarter than me, um, for sure. <laughs> I will take that, yeah, 100%. And it's, and it's easy, I think, as technologists to, to believe that because we're working with really, really smart people, mm. all of the things that we're rolling out, they're just going to know how to use them, what they mean. Yeah. It's going to make complete sense to them. And in reality, um, that isn't always the case because the really, really smart people have a job to do. And their focus is on getting their job done, not necessarily the technology that's enabling their job. So yeah. the other aspect of this empathy and, and storytelling piece is to understand that the world you know, our folks live in and we live in may look a little different than the world that people we're trying to, yeah. you know, to help live in. And how do we cross that chasm from that empathy perspective to understand how do we, how do we help them understand why we're making the change and what the impact the change is going to have on I that. think it's I think you've touched on a major issue which is enablement right yeah. when you're when we've been rolling out solutions in place or trying to improve the business and provide business changes you come in with a lot of positive energy about being able to solve problems and get excited about it but actually you need to basically bring people around yeah. right you need to be able to enable them to not just say oh you know you're putting this in front of me for me to use but let's talk about what the genesis of this is and why we're basically going down doing it. and that requires you know good communication but also being able to enable people um, along a journey for them to get best use out of it and then have like closing the feedback loop to be able to figure out what else can we basically do better. better and make it incremental right. yeah so I have a question what does this have to do with technology you guys information technology IT what does this have to do with technology I, I think it has everything to do with technology because it's at the heart of it I think that the notion that uh, you know the, you know fundamentally look that we can talk about uh, every company becoming a technology company. The reality is that each, every single industry in some way, shape, or form is basically being impacted by a tremendous amount of software being built because the level of innovation and the tooling available for you to be able to build software and disrupt these industries is very, very real. And so fundamentally what that means is if for you to be able to innovate, forget about innovation, if you want to be able to really build your company and your organization, irrespective of what sector it is, you've got to build more software and you've got to make better decisions through data. And that's where, irrespective of which function that is, that's going to come down to an IT organization which is able to provide that uh, as a service. We just boil it down to sort of core basics. Like, you know, I, I'd like to basically say that, you know, we've got to be able to make sure that you're providing the solutions, which is kind of what CIOs really are providing now. It's more about business technology mm -hmm. and impact technology and being able to provide business insight. And that's just required uh, across the board. So, uh, so, yeah, I will speak that on behalf of the IT brethren. Uh, right <laughs> So uh, 
Let's actually talk about technology and business for a second. So does the CIO today need to be, should the CIO today be a technologist or be a business person? Uh, everything that Yusuf just said about what about technology, yeah. um, again, it's table stakes because there's no reason to have a CIO yep. if, if ultimately we're not figuring out ways to leverage and harness all the technology that's there yeah. to get at the data and, and, and help our, our business partners run the business better and make better informed business decisions. On the other hand, we have no way of positioning how the technology can be used or taken advantage of if we don't understand the business opportunity that exists. Yeah. So it does really, it requires us to be focused in both avenues equally yeah. um, in order to be successful in the, in the role that we're in. I think it's the healthy balance, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, it's a very begrudging hire of an organization to basically bring in who's going to be focused too much on the operational right. side. So understanding the business, translating that into a technology solution and being able to have that and build an innovation around it is probably what, uh, the way I basically view it. So yes. <laughs> okay, all right, no, makes sense. Uh, so we have uh, just under 10 minutes left and I have a whole bunch of questions then, so we're, you know, we're, we're not gonna spend an extra couple of hours doing this. So, so let me ask you some questions and then just give your very quick kind of gut feel reaction, like sort of tweet-sized almost, okay? So, so number one, what are the most interesting technologies that, that you see today, coming back to technology? I, I definitively believe that um, the time has come to really talk about uh, AI uh, and machine learning specifically, uh, because I actually think that the, the ecosystem uh, to be able to help build that from infrastructure, software, and use cases has actually matured tremendously. Um, so I do actually think that CIOs need to be able to look at where they can provide that impact. Because uh, whilst I think it's been early, it actually has grown. And I've actually seen uh, where you know, it's actually been impactful. Um, and I think there's just a lot of, I think that's, that, that should be definitely a focus. Now that's definitely focusing towards uh, a buzzword. But I think the second piece is, it's the second iteration of basically figuring out uh, how you are able to basically provide better data to your company, simply because the level of data being ingested by businesses right now uh, and data producers has just uh, grown exponentially. Um, so I, that's one of the things, that's my core goals, is to be able to make sure that we're able to sort of take this, I mean, if you just think about it, we're now I've got you know, everything from IoT, drones, you know, sensors, uh, you know, whether it's from motorbikes or cars or shoes, right? It was being basically bought in, uh, telemetry data is being, being bought into these businesses. And to be able to make sense of that, you know, you need to be able to ahead of it. And, and, and so that's how I look at it. I, I just look at the fact that we've got to be very thoughtful and, and focused on these two core big areas. I think that's, that's plenty just, uh, just from that standpoint. So he, what he said around AI and ML, um, I, I would add to that blockchain is I think the potential blockchain has to disrupt more than just the financial services industry is very real. Uh, it may be far out into the future, but when I think about healthcare and I think about identity management and what's possible with a model like that, I'm very excited to see uh, what can happen with that, that basic um, design of blockchain in, in other industries. Then another question for you, um, and I'm just looking at the clock and we have five minutes left. So how do you 
learn your, yourselves, each of you personally, how do you learn about new technologies and how do you, you know, what's coming up with startups or how do you, how do you go about doing that? Uh, one is I do collaborate uh, with, uh, with startups and companies that want to be able to align, uh, which are building solutions which align with the problems that I, and that really happens by connecting up with, uh, with VCs and investors in the space. I think the second thing is, yes, there's a conversation that I have with peer groups uh, like Diana, who I'm able to learn tremendous amounts from. Uh, and I think that's a, a big piece. And I think the third thing is, is really being able to listen and understand what's happening signaling from a market perspective, right, in terms of where people are making the investments, but also in terms of some of the things that are, uh, that are being focused on in terms of inquiries that are coming in. So, you know, yes, you use the research uh, available to you, but I think a large part of it is being able to triangulate those three kind of vectors, at least from my standpoint, that aid my, aid my decision making and, and, and build a strategy around. Well, and I would add, watch all previous 270 episodes of CXO Talk. And then <laughs> I also, um, in addition to everything you've just said, um, listen to what really smart people I know read. And when they tell me they've read something or they're following a certain um, author, um, I subscribe to it and, and do my best to try to keep up with a lot of reading. But it, it, it helps to continuously keep my perspective changing. Yeah. It actually also aids you what not to do. So I just, <laughs> that's, right. Right? that's the other thing. Right? It's like, learning. well, there's a lot of learning. So it's about you know, success and failure. And you yeah. know, I've definitely learned from both, both of those. So. Okay, and as we go into the last uh, four minutes or so of the show, what advice do each of you have for CIOs who want to become CIOs of absolutely the first order? And so what does that mean to be a CIO of the first order? And again, how do you get there? And we kind of talked about this, but now what I'm asking you to do, and I'm chewing up your time here, but how do you, if you can distill down like the, the pure essence of what you know, what's, what does it mean to be a CIO of the first order? And how can, how can CIOs out there achieve that exalted position? Great, great place. I'll start with two points and then you can build on those. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll go back to be a student of your business and be a student of your industry first. And then building what you said earlier, build your team. Because it's only when you have a team capable of taking on the work that you delegate and empower them to do that you have the time and the, and the bandwidth to, to, to spend time with your business partners and externally bringing the perspective in that you'll need to shape the direction of the company you work for. I think I would boil down to two things. Yes, to think about what type of leader you want to basically be. Uh, and that's kind of really important. It's about, you know, and I think that's 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 critical piece. I think the second piece is um, listen. listening is, is a skill in itself, uh, but listening to what's worked and what hasn't worked is probably going to be able to aid your effort. Um, and be rigorous in terms of what you want to be able to get done. Articulating output is is actually a really hard thing uh, because projects take a long time and and things. Like, so being able to be just provide rigorous focus uh, and being able to articulate that in the form of a vision is is really really important. And any final final thoughts as we as we end this episode two hundred and seventy one of CXO Talk? 
I, I, I actually have one, one, one piece of advice uh, in, in all seriousness. I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity as a CIO to get uh, a lot of stuff done, but it's also about being overwhelmed, and I think it's very easy to, to be overwhelmed. Um, help the, if, you're, if you're in a CIO role or trying to basically go into CIO role, I think one of the things I've found, and maybe you agree or disagree, is helping find the common denominator to be able to get a decision made uh, around a company is really important. And I think that's the real... Um, one of the things I've seen done well is, you know, we have a phenomenal CHRO at, at Pure named Joanna Jackman, and she's she was able to basically bring people around as the first CHRO at Pure Storage to be able to talk in a collective fashion about what problems were and be able to uh, drive decisions from that standpoint. I learned tremendously amount from her. Um, so my one advice is find the common denominator and drive people around it and help them help them make a decision and and, and the solution for it. And and I I would say. Uh, technology is table stakes, yep. but we are in a people business. Businesses are run by people, and so focus on understanding people and knowing what it takes to influence people, and you're going to be successful. I wouldn't be afraid to take risks yeah, take as well. Risks. You know, That's a good like one. I said, it's this, this, it's the age of being able to test and figure out whether things work and build and iterate. So I think you know, I would definitely advise towards that. For sure. All right. Well, then, you, okay, we're over time, but but that begs the question very quickly. How do you know when to take the risk? You brought it up. Well, I, it's totally that's totally fine. I mean, look, um, I, I actually think that's about honestly just correlating lots of opinions, right, and being able to get an assessment. I think really having instincts about um, whether it's aligned, whether it's the right time to be able to make that. Timing is everything. Um, and so I think finding the right opportunity to be able to figure out that risk is, is, uh, is, is probably the most important piece. For it's judgment and experience. Yeah. Okay, on that note, I want to thank everybody for watching episode 271 of CXO Talk. We have been speaking with two of the most innovative CIOs that I know, and what, a, what an honor for them to, to, for them to be together here, for me to have them together on CXO Talk. It's an honor for us. <laughs> it's an honor for me. I love that fist, sort of cup fist bump. My wife refuses to do fist bumps with me because she says that, like, it's like, you know, I don't know how to do a fist bump, but... I wear a sweater vest. I can't go any cooler. That's, that's about as cool as I basically get. I'm sorry, Michael. That's it. All right. So uh, we've been speaking with Diana McKenzie, who's the CIO of Workday, and Yusuf Khan, who is the CIO of Pure Storage. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Next Friday, we're talking with Adriana Karaboudis, who is the CIO and Chief Digital Officer of National Grid. It's one of the largest energy distribution companies in the world. And she'll be talking about digital transformation in the energy business. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. And hey, it's, uh, you got to have a great day and uh, be cool. Be cool. This is as cool as I get. Mm -hmm.